But we're going to finish out today our series on, on praying, on first of all praying. And I want to look at our foundational verse out of 1 Timothy 2. <clears throat> he says, Therefore I exhort, first of all, that supplications and prayers, intercessions and giving of thanks be made, on, be made for all men, for kings and all who are in authority, that we may lead a quiet and a peaceable life in all godliness and reverence. That's what the will of God is. But he said, first of all, pray. So let's just pray right now. Just close your eyes just so you're not, we're not looking around and let's pray. Thank you, Father, today. Lord, we just thank you for the anointing. We thank you for the power that is in and on and that your anointing produces in us and through us the anointing that's on your word you we can read your word and it does something to us we can confess your word and it and it illuminates and and cause things to be enlightened on the inside of us we thank you father for the anointing that you've given to live inside of us through the person of the holy spirit that the anointing destroys yokes and it removes burdens off of our lives and off the lives, off the lives of other people. We just thank you, Father, for your strength in everything that is said today, that people have ears that hear, they have eyes that see, and their hearts will understand as a result of this teaching and this word today. And we give you the praise and the glory and the expectation for it. And if you believe that, say amen. And when you say amen, you're saying, so be it, that's the way it is, and you expect for prayer to make a difference. Several things that, just a few little, little things that, that, little testimonials that I want to show you that, that happen as a result of people that pray. We have a powerful prayer ministry in this church. Probably in, in all the churches that I've been a part of, I've never had, we've never had a prayer ministry like the ministry that we have here because these people pray. We, we pray. We don't just go through the motions of something. We pray. And, and they take that, that verse of Scripture literally in our prayer ministry on a, on a week-to-week basis, several times during the week or a number of different times during the week in different ways we pray corporately, and then we pray for personal needs all the time. But, but they've taken that, that first of all, those who are in authority be prayed for. So our prayer ministry prays for our government, for our president, you know, for all the public officials, and they spend time doing that on a day, on a week-to-week basis. They spend time praying that. Well, just, just lately, um, we, we heard of this. You may not have heard of this. Just, this is just in the last, two, last, in the last week. Um, that a plot that there was a plot uh, by three foreign nationals to assassinate President Obama, to bomb Coney Island and slaughter police officers throughout New York City, and it was uncovered, and all three of those are in custody in jail today as a result of that. Amen. And 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 you know you don't you don't think that you're not thinking of a situation like that happening when you're praying. But you pray, and what we don't realize, I believe when we get to heaven, heaven's going to have videotapes of what could have happened if we didn't pray. That's why it's so important to pray. When do you pray? First. Not 
go through the motions of everything, get mad, get angry, try to accomplish stuff, and, and, then, and then you come to the place where you look at your spouse or your friend or your neighbor, and well, it's come to the point where we're going to have to pray. Well, that's the problem, because if you put prayer first, and you take what we've talked about this whole month in what real prayer is, you know, prayer is not just going through the motions of a prayer list that's good. You can have a prayer list and pray specific things, but it's not just going through the motions of that. It's connecting with God. It's communicating with God about what to say because a word in season will sustain and cause things to change, and that's why prayer is so vitally important. Amen? We've had a number of just um, personal prayer uh, needs where things have been met, where somebody was, a husband was sick and a situation happened and prayer went out and, and, and that person recovered. And another where a couple needed a home and, and a situation happened and we prayed. And, and it doesn't mean that other people aren't praying about things like this, but when, when, when prayer is going on, when corporate prayer in one specific place is going on and it joins the faith of other people that are praying, man, there's just power in it. You know, that's why we pray. One, one plants and one waters, but God brings the increase. So we initially pray. Other people are watering it. In New York City, I know there's people praying that things like that are being exposed. They're in closer proximity. Maybe their prayers are a little more impacting there because of the way ours are here in Kerr County. But our prayers, there's no distance in the realm of the Spirit. And we're joining our faith with people that are praying up there. And we don't even know them and don't even know that they're in prayer necessarily. You see, there's power in the realm of the Spirit to accomplish great things and if we'll believe that nothing is going to happen on planet earth except what the church says will happen that's the way God intended it when Jesus Christ himself was on planet earth nothing happened until it was time for it to happen Jesus wasn't crucified they could have stoned him in the streets they could have done all kinds of things to him in the three years of ministry when they hated him because he was acting like God because he had some attitude, they, they said. You know, well, you just think you're this and that and the other. And they, they accused him of being the devil, and they accused him of all. They hated him, see? And they could have stoned him, but it wasn't his time. Nothing happened in the earth until the ones in authority. People say, well, nothing happens in the earth except what God says. So you see all this c- catastrophe, and everybody said it was just an act of God. Not my God. No, 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 not the God I serve. That's not the God of the Bible, see? But, but if you back it up and you realize who we are in the earth, okay, when you realize that Jesus was the Son of Man and He came not to become something He already was, it wasn't about Him, it was about what He was doing for us. And when you realize the authority that you and I walk in, then nothing can happen in the earth except what we say. If we really believe that and it, we as a body come together. Because see, now it's not just because of what I say. See, one person doesn't have the authority that Jesus had. All of us do. See, see, now the body of Jesus Christ is split up in each, every single part. That's why we have to have church life. That's why we have to teach the Word of God. That's why people's thinking have to change. Why? So that they can be a part, a, a, a functional part in the body. If, if my foot isn't working right now, and, I, and I, I'm doing this... I can't, I'm not going to probably run a marathon. Probably not going to run a marathon anyway, but you know what I'm saying. But, no, but, uh, I, 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 I'm not saying that. I shouldn't say that. 
I'll run a marathon if that's what I'm supposed to do. Yeah, if I want to, I will run a marathon. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. But I better hear it from God or I'll be laying out on the nails and they're going to be dragging me on in a stretcher and taking me to the hospital. Anyway. Okay, what was I saying? Anyway, see, but if, if, if my foot isn't working, then it's hard to be effective. You know, that's why we need each part connected together and functioning the way each part was created to function. See, and that's why what we're talking about today in regards to prayer is so vital. Amen? It's so vital. It's so absolutely important. And so these prayer needs, somebody needed a house, and I mean, and, and through prayer and situations lining up, these people got a house and somebody actually paid for it. Amen? Prayer works. Things happen in people's lives, and prayer works, and that's why you have to take advantage of the personal prayer ministry here. When you have a need, make sure at the end of service you can do it. You can go online, you know, and, and uh, bring your, uh, your prayer request. You can call the church office. Even after service here, you can just talk to different people that you know that are connected. Make sure that you get somebody to agree with you about what's going on. Any two agree is touching anything they ask, it's done. And we believe that around here. Amen? So, just a couple of passages today to end this series. But I have something in Luke 18 that's really, really important, but we're not going there yet. Matthew chapter 6. We ended here last week. Matthew chapter 6, and he said in verse 9, in this manner, and we talked a little bit about that last week, just in this manner or in this way, therefore pray. Not pray this prayer, not pray these words, just, just these words each and every time, but take the model of how to pray and declare and speak from this prayer here. And he said, our Father in heaven, hallowed or holy is your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Well, we know in Scripture this, this uh, was recorded of Jesus' earthly ministry, which was on that side of the cross, on the other side of the cross. But on this side of the cross, we know that was fulfilled. Heaven was brought to earth through Jesus Christ and his sacrifice. So now we want his will to be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. The things we hold against other people as we forgive what people hold against us. And do not lead us into temptation but deliver us from evil or from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. For if you forgive men their trespasses, your Father will forgive you. If you don't, he won't. There's a principle here. And it's all a part of prayer. This principle is all a part of understanding how to pray and how to be effective in prayer. Because now through Jesus Christ, his kingdom has come to the earth and his will can be done in the earth if his messengers, if his children, if the people that were died for to be empowered with the same anointing and power that Jesus had, will embrace it and take it and do something with it. See, so 
prayer life and when it says, first of all, pray, because if we believe in what prayer really is, as we've talked about in the last few weeks, if we really believe it, then what we say has power and things change and the president doesn't get assassinated and there's not a bombing at Coney Island and people are still eating hot dogs at Coney Island and, and policemen are not massacred. Okay, so back the tape up and think about, well, we're too tired of praying because we don't think it really is effective and we don't think it's happening. And so today we're here at Gates and we're talking about the 175 policemen that were murdered and, and ravaged in New York City and how Coney Island is no more and how um, President, Vice President Joe Biden is president of the United States now. Without prayer, that's what we'd be talking about today, right? If, if, if what they say was stopped, was stopped. Well, I believe all kinds of attacks like that are happening, and it's the church's responsibility to say, no, not on our watch. Well, why did, why did this happen? I, I, I can't do anything about what already happened, but I can get more sensitive, and we can become more individually sensitive to our spirit about how to see things stop. And you say, well, how do we do it? First of all, we pray. And as we begin to pray and connect with God, then God reveals to us how to be a part of, of accomplishing that. It's not just getting on the war path and getting against people or this group of people or that group of people. No, it, it's about, first of all, praying, hearing God, and doing what God says. And if everybody will embrace that, think what can happen on planet Earth. That's the end-time revival that the, the, the earth is waiting for with people, is that the church will pray, hear from God, and do what he says. And we'll get connected, and we'll forgive each other. Yeah, and if we stay that way, then it's going to just stay ugly. Right? Luke 18. <clears throat> this is an interesting story. Eight verses. This is, an, this is an interesting story that most people, <clears throat> through the years, I don't know how many people have come to me and said, what, what's that about right there, about that woman? I said, well, it's this, this, and so today I'm going to give you a little bit different twist of this story about this annoying woman. <clears throat> then he spoke a parable to them that men Always ought to pray and not lose heart. Always ought to pray and not lose heart. Just hold your place there for a second and look at this verse in Galatians 6. And then we'll come right back to that. <clears throat> Galatians 6 and verse 7. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked, for whatever a man sows, that he will also reap. For he who sows to his flesh will of the flesh reap corruption, but he who sows to the Spirit, he who sows to the Spirit will of the Spirit reap everlasting life. Let us not grow weary while we're doing good, for in due season we will reap if we do not what? Lose heart. So it's said that men ought always to pray and not lose heart. How do you not lose heart? 
you first of all pray. You sow to the Spirit. You first of all pray and learn what it means to hear God when you pray. And when you pray and you hear from God and He gives you direction, you do the direction. If, you know, if Josh came to me and said, I need instructions to get to San Antonio. I'd think, Josh, it's only an hour here. Just get on the freeway and drive. But let's say Josh was from South Dakota. And he needed instructions how to get to San Antonio. And I've lived here for 26 years, and I know how to get to San Antonio. Actually, I can get to San Antonio four different ways. Right? So I'm going to lead Josh on a path, and so he comes to me, and he asks me how to get there, and I tell him how to get there, and he goes, nah, I'll just I'll find my way. See, we got to believe that when we ask God about directions for what to do and things in our life, that we can actually hear what he says, and then we do what he says, and we get to the destination. We accomplish what we set out to accomplish, right? Because... There's another verse of Scripture that says that his word that goes forth out of our mouths will not return to us void, but accomplish what we've set his word out to accomplish. Being doers of the word is not something that's easy to process. I have to say that in my, in my walk with God, that, that across the board, in all the Christians that I've ever met, that most people don't understand what doing the word is. Being a doer of the Word. They know the Word. They read the Word. They process the Word. They'll read daily confessions of what the Word says. But how do you do the Word? You know, how, how do you take a book? I mean, what's the difference in taking this book and the Webster's Dictionary? You can take the Webster's Dictionary. We'll, we'll do it. Okay, so I'll read a definition and then I'll apply it to my life. Well, a lot of people do. You get a word, somebody says something, and you go, I don't even know what that word is. So you go to a dictionary, you read it, and then all of a sudden, you'll hear somebody that you don't think uses that kind of a word, and now they're using a word because they're studying it, and they're making it a part of their life. Well, the Word of God is no different. We make the Word a part of us so that when we do what we call prayer, it's effective, and it produces, and it gets the end result. I don't want to just be involved in, in going through the motions of something that's not getting that end result. I want the end results. And, and one of the things that is difficult for people is when, you, when people don't understand something and it takes longer to get, it's easier to quit. Doing the Word, getting to the place where you believe the Word and you're doing it so that it's producing success will keep you from trying to be successful yourself. God wants to be the originator of your success. So from the Word, He wants to lead you in the steps that you take so that what you step out and do produces the results. Anybody, I mean, a lot of different people can be successful just from their heads. But it's not the success that remains in the end. Because you can look successful for a a while, but what matters is how you are at the finish line. I'm just telling you today, if you've not felt successful 
as you tap into the things of God and you become a doer of the word in a greater way, I'm telling you today, it's not over till it's over. I don't know who the fat lady is that sings, but I'm telling you, it ain't over till God says it's over. Can you say amen? And it's not over till your life is over because if you don't quit, you'll reap. See? And along the way, there's things that we have to learn and relearn. We have to unlearn. We have to get rid of. We got we to separate our minds from. And as we separate ourselves from that and we learn how to pray in the effectiveness of praying, then things begin to happen. So he says, he spoke this parable that men ought always to pray and not lose heart. And we lose heart because we don't sow to the Spirit. We lose heart because we keep sowing to the flesh and trying to figure things out and work things out in the flesh instead of allowing God through His Spirit to reveal these to us. So, listen to this little story. Saying, there was a certain, there was in a certain city a judge who did not fear God, nor did he regard men or man. Now there was a widow in that city, and she came to him saying, Get justice for me from my adversary. And he would not for a while, but afterward he said to himself, Though I do not fear God, nor regard man, yet because this widow does what? She troubles me. The Amplified says, Because this widow continues to bother me, Amplified in verse 5 says, I will defend and I will protect and I will avenge her, lest she give me intolerable annoyance and wear me out by her continual coming, or at the last she come and rail on me or assault me or even strangle me. That's a contentious woman. So here's a judge that doesn't fear God, nor does he even regard man. Man is nothing. You woman, you stupid woman, you're nothing to me. You're coming and day by day, you know, you're wearing me out and complaining and you want justice in this situation. <clears throat> and, uh, and he said, he said, she's just annoying me, so I'm going to avenge her. Doesn't fear God and doesn't consider man. Do you know what? My God, the only thing he's about is you and I. That's all he's about. All he thinks about, all of heaven's focus is about what's going on in the earth with the man that God created. The mountains are pretty. The waterfalls are great. You know, there's oceans and lakes and all those kind of things, and that's all beautiful. God's not concerned about any of that. He's concerned about us. And here comes this woman, night and day, continually, to this unjust judge. And finally, he avenges her. What happens with you and I who fear God and we regard man? I spent my whole life regarding man. My whole born-again life I've, I've spent being concerned about men, people. Most of you, as you've gotten born again, your concern, maybe if it was just all about you, you've learned 
to lay down things in yourself and to consider people. Here's a woman that wanted justice. I don't know about you, but my God said throughout the scripture, Genesis to Revelation, that he will give me justice. Hmm? Ask of me and I will give you. Over and over and over and over and over and over and over again, he says, ask of me and I will give you. What is the asking? That's what prayer is. We're asking, we learn to ask according to his will, and if we ask according to his will, he'll give it to us. Scripture says, ask and keep on asking, seek and keep on seeking, knock and keep on knocking, and the answer will come, the door will be open, and you'll find the things that you're looking for, right? Why? Because God is just. So watch the rest of this verse. Then the Lord said, Hear what the unjust judge said. And shall God not avenge his own elect who cry to him day and night? Who pray to him? Who declare to him? Who come before him with expectation because we know our rights? We know what rightfully belongs to us. We know that we have the right to come before God and petition God for the things that he has already said are ours. And we have the right to do that on behalf of our president, our public officials, our government, this nation, and the nations of the world. We have the right, it's said in 1 Timothy there, for all men, especially those who are in authoritative positions, but for all men that we can pray. Amen? And when we first of all pray, you know what happens? You know what I've noticed? When I pray first, I forgive. Because unforgiveness is what holds back my prayers from being answered. He said, if you don't forgive, then your Heavenly Father can't forgive. Because He set it up this way. So when you begin to pray, and thank God for the Holy Ghost, and thank God for the revelation of praying in the Spirit that we have, Because when we pray in the Spirit, then we pray with the understanding. And when I get the understanding of how to declare certain scriptures and certain things at given times over certain subjects that that I'm faced with, it's amazing how the results come. Because I'm sowing to the Spirit, and I'm reaping from the Spirit, and if I just don't quit, I'll get the harvest that I'm looking for. But How many know, when, when I look at stories in the Bible, All through the Bible, when I look at stories, there's not one story that doesn't have a journey attached to it. And most of the journeys are not four and a half weeks. Most of the journeys are six years, 14 years, 15 years, 18 years, 22 years, 26 years, 40 years. Man, what the deal? What was Abraham's 25-year journey about? He he wasn't getting it. (laughs) He didn't need to help God out. Hmm? Most of the problem we have in the Middle East of the day is because Abraham helped God out. That's the problem. People say, ah, those people, those Muslims. No, 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 no. Got to go back to your father Abraham. Had he not tried to help God out, and he backed off, and he sowed to the Spirit, we wouldn't have Ishmael, and we wouldn't have the problems that we have in the Middle East today. It all goes back to Father Abraham. 
Father Abraham, what were you thinking? <clears throat> oh my gosh, Father Abraham. But the truth is, what are we thinking? Don't help God out. Go to God. Get it from God. First of all, pray. Hear Him. Do what He says, right? Learn, develop that. There's a journey with this. And your journey takes as long as it takes for you to change your thinking process. That's what the journey is about. That was Abraham's journey was there. Joshua's journey was there. The Apostle Paul's journey was wrapped up in that. They had to have the time to change their thinking so that they could be who God created them to be in the earth. And he created us to be his hands, his feet, his mouth, his expression, he, he, so that people could look at us and see his nature through us. And until our thinking changes, our flesh just does what our old self said. But I don't know about you, old things are passed away. Everything is brand new right now. Someone shout amen like you mean it. Amen? Old things are passed away and everything is brand new right now. And I can embrace that. I don't have to keep looking in the past. Paul said, the one thing I do, forgetting what's behind me, I'm pressing toward the mark of the high calling that's in Christ Jesus my Lord. My mistakes can only weigh me down if I let them. And we're all in the same boat. Everybody's made mistakes. Everybody's got stuff. Everybody's got issues and things that they're working through. So just do it so you can be an effectual working part that is causing the body to grow up and be what it was created to be in the earth. Amen? And that's why we have local congregations of people so we can practice on each other here and then be effective out there. And we can be effective with the rest of the body of Christ around. That's why we have local groups of people so we can do this. You can receive the word and be effective with it. Amen? And be a doer of it. And he said, Shall God, shall God not avenge his own elect who cry out day and night to him, though he bears long with them? I tell you, that he will avenge them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith in the earth? So it's not just about you getting avenged speedily. What it's really about is that today and tomorrow and next week, and next month, and next year, and until you leave planet Earth, that you continue to develop faith. Because when he comes, or when you're face to face with him, that's what the question is going to be. What did you do on the Earth with developing faith? That's what I wanted. That's what I wanted from each and every one of you. I wanted you to develop faith. Not get wrapped up, wrapped up in, you know, who is the four horsemen of the apocalypse. I mean... I mean, some people don't even know how to say that. And, it, and it's not about getting wrapped up on, in so many detailed things if you're not developing faith on a regular basis and allowing faith to be worked out from one experience to the next. Because our lives are full of, they should be full of one faith experience to the next. We overcome one thing, then we take on another thing and another thing. God, God doesn't dump all kinds of things on us. He just says, just one thing. Paul said, one thing I do, one thing, forgetting what's behind, pressing for, toward the mark of the high calling in God. Doing the one thing will cause many other things to change because one thing 
become another one thing and another one thing and another one thing. And, and 10 years down the road, you've got 12 faith projects that you've overcome and it's getting stronger and stronger and stronger. And that's what he's looking for when he returns, that that's what's working in you. Amen? And we, we accomplish that by first of all praying and going to him and getting what we need so we can do his word, we can confess his word, we can pray his word, and we can see things happen. Like this situation with Coney Island and, the, and, and New York City and the president and those kind of things. The, the, the prayers that went out for the people that needed the house and it ended up that someone paid off their house. The situation with somebody, the, the person here that the, the husband, you know, had an issue and, and prayer went out and, and those issues changed. I mean, those kinds of things are, are where we need to be able to speak the word and direct the word because of the time that we've spent developing our life of faith and prayer and connection with God so we believe that what we say is going to come to pass. Everything that Jesus spoke, he believed that he was going to get that result when he spoke it. And that's what we're developing in our lives every day. Believing that what we say will not return void, but accomplish what we set it out to accomplish the same way in, that Jesus did. Because now we're the body of Jesus Christ and we're him in the earth and God needs us to be like him, act like him, talk like him, and, and have the mind of Jesus Christ in everything that we do. Not our old mind, not the mind of the past, not the mind of what other people think about God and, and situations, but we have to have the mind of Jesus Christ working and operating day to day so we can get the same results. How many are about results? I don't know about you, but I, I'm, the, the talk, I'm done with the talking stuff. I, I'm, I'm here for results. Amen? <clears throat> Let's end with this verse. Isaiah chapter 35. <clears throat> I'm just going to look, I just, I'm, I'm reading four verses, but I, I'm just getting to this one word. <clears throat> Actually, I'm going to, if they can put it up, I'm going to read it out of the Amplified. A little more wordy, but just listen to it. Four verses here. <clears throat> And I want you to see this. This is Isaiah prophesying about our side of the cross. And he's, he's, he's prophesying one condition unto another condition as a result of God delivering us and, and saving us. And I want you to see this. The wilderness and the dry land shall be glad. The desert shall rejoice and blossom like the rose and the autumn crocus. It shall blossom abundantly and rejoice even with joy and singing. The glory of Lebanon shall be given to it, the excellency of Mount Carmel and the plain of Sharon. It shall see the glory of the Lord and the majesty and splendor and excellency of our God. Strengthen the weak hands and make firm the feeble and the tottering knees. Say to those who are of a fearful and a hasty heart, say to those who are of a fearful and a hasty heart, be strong and fear not. Be strong and fear not. Behold, your God will come with vengeance. And the word vengeance there is translated as avenge. The same word that was used that we just read in Luke 18. That our God will avenge us. He said, your God will come and avenge you 
in essence. With the recompense of God, he will come and he will save you. One translation says that he will come and save you speedily. And that's what he said in Luke 18, that our God will avenge us speedily if we don't lose heart, if we don't quit and back up within our hearts. God doesn't want you to quit in your heart as you're developing and renewing your mind because the renewing process is what causes your soul to be saved. The renewing process is what causes your soul to be saved so that it changes the direction of the appetites that you have for life. When I say appetite, I'm not just talking about physical food. It'll change that too. But the appetites that you have for life, when you're lusting after specific types of things and you're struggling with those, it'll change your appetite for those things. You know, and, and God is here to avenge us speedily and to deliver us as we allow that renewing process where, where it was a dry land. Actually, in the sixth verse of that Isaiah, it says that streams will flow out of a desert place. And that's what happens, at just an analogy, that's what happens when, when we sow to the things of the Spirit, that, that streams of water and fresh water and things of the Spirit begin to flow out of dry places. And, and it begins to change the circumstances because we learn how to pray. I'm, I'm telling you right now, <clears throat> I'm encouraging, I'm not trying to put some heavy thing on you, but God wants you individually to learn how to pray. He wants you to learn how to pray more than you ever have before. God wants, doesn't want you to become settled and stuck in a rut in any kind of prayer. You say, well, you know, all, all I do is I, 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 read a, I read a devotional every morning. Well, okay, don't stop reading the devotional, especially if, it, if you're reading Scripture in the devotional. That's good. But you don't want to just... I had a guy tell me one day, <clears throat> he said, you know, if I miss that devotional, my whole day is ruined. I thought, that 48-second devotional... Without that 48-second devotional, your whole day is ruined? He said, I I can't even function. And and, and so I asked him, I said, why? He said, because I'm under such guilt because I didn't read it. I said, no, 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 no. The the guilt doesn't come from God. The condemnation is not from God. See, read the devotional. But but I'm not limited to a 48-second devotional. See, and that's what God wants you to work out within yourself, that prayer is connection with God, it's communication with God. And, and wherever that communication is. I've had seasons where some of the best communication I've had with God when I was driving down the highway, praying in the Spirit and listening to God or listening to teaching, but a lot of times not listening to anything, just praying in the Spirit and listening to Him talk back to me because what He talks to you, what, where He talks to you is what's been invested inside of you. So when I, when I purpose to hear the word taught and then I do something with that word, like I'll take the scriptures I hear from a message today and you sit down and you go over those scriptures and you, and, and you look at them for yourself and God will speak something to you out of that and you'll write that down. That becomes a part of you. Well, when you're, when you're driving down the highway and nobody's talking to you and you're praying in the spirit because you've invested that thing on the inside of you, he's going to talk to you out of that. 
See, if you don't do anything with what you hear, sometimes the things that we've heard, he'll speak to us about. But many times what he wants to do is get things over to us when no one else is talking to us and we can really listen. So we're praying in the Spirit and we're driving down the highway and we spent some time studying the Word previously so He starts revealing to you things out of what is inside of you and it makes it stronger and more real to you than it's ever been. That's where prayer is. That's, that's what real prayer and communication is. You don't stop doing your daily devotional. But don't get under... Your, your daily devotional will not deliver your life. It will help get you there. And, and, and your confessions and your studying of the Word and your praying and those kind of things. But connection is everything. Connection. Where my wife and I are not connected, there's potential for division. There's potential for strife and things to get worked up. Where, when we're not connected with God, he's not, uh, and He's already done His part, so it has nothing to do with Him, but where I'm not connected with Him and developing that connection, then all kinds of other thoughts and ideas get in the way, and it tries to separate me from my intimacy with God. I can't tell you how much and how important it is for in the days ahead for you to be a person that believes in praying. And believes in what prayer is. Just do it. Just every day. Just start developing a relationship with somebody that you can't see. And you know what it'll do? It'll help develop relationships with the people you can see. Because man, if you can develop a relationship with Casper the ghost. Hey buddy. I mean, I'm not being disrespectful to God. I can't see him. But yet I have a relationship with him. And if I can do that, I can develop a relationship with people I can see. This one's the tough one. See, because he's not speaking back to me with an audible voice, but yet, now after 38 years, I can hear him speak as clear as I can hear Dale speak. If I give him the time. So you have to learn to give him the time. He's not looking for 14 hours. He'll take five minutes. Just five minutes. Everybody can take five minutes. Because five will turn into 10, 10 into 20, 20 into 30 or an hour, just naturally because you want it. And there's where you get it. See, God's not putting anybody under pressure. If, you, if, if missing your daily devotional one day ruins your day, I'm just telling you, back off. Just set your daily devotional aside for about two weeks and just start talking to God. And He will liberate you and you won't have to have bad days if, if it didn't work out for that. I'm not saying don't have a, a schedule and do and stick by the schedule. But if something happened and you missed that devotional, it's not the end of the world. God's still here. Amen? And, and you can talk to God as you're driving down the highway and just be assured of that. You be assured of that and know that. And the more you have that, the better off you are and the more victory that you'll have, but the better you'll be for other people. You'll be sharp for other people. You'll help other people, especially those closest to you and then those in, in, just in the world that you live in. Because the highways and byways that we've been called to you know, there's a lot of people out there that need us to be on. And prayer is the answer. First of all, 